What it is, what it do, what it do, what it is. It's your boy Quentin Counts, aka QC. You're listening to Art vs. Life. This is a podcast that is designed to inform, inspire, and empower independent artists in the local New York City community. Welcome. Glad we got a chance to kick it. You know what I mean? I feel like it's been a while. There's a couple of important updates for you guys. Um, well, for one, let me kick it off by saying uh, August 25th, 2017 at Gamba Forest. We're hosting an event. So, you know, every now and then, Art vs. Life, we have panel events that addresses certain issues and art versus life basically means that we're trying to sort of correlation between art and other things in life so we've done panels for the film industry dance industry MCs, curators in general so now we're, we're switching up the speed a little bit we're going to address basically the implications and the effects of incarceration and focusing more on some of the areas that we feel aren't really talked about enough you know whenever we speak about or hear about somebody talking about the implications or effects of incarceration especially mass incarceration of course there's the obvious the economic effects but maybe there's more there that maybe we could probably delve a little bit more deeper into maybe Maybe we have some loved ones out there that, you know, they're still whole, full human beings. So this event is geared to talk about the social and emotional implications and how that also affects people economically in addition to that. So we're going to have some, um, you know, it's going to be a panel slash group discussion. I'm going to be working with uh, the creator of Recharged Beyond the Bars game. It's a restorative communication game. It's a game that's designed to challenge the one-on-one therapy model. You know, typically, the expectation is you go to see this therapist, especially, like I say, if you're like a person of color or a black person, and, you know, you walk into this office, and the person that you're going to be talking to don't look like you at all, of course, isn't from anywhere similar to where you're from, hasn't been through a lot of the things you've been through, and, you know, it is already, you haven't even opened your mouth yet, and there's some pretty you know aside from all that this person don't really know you you guys have never met before i mean you may get to know each other but ultimately you when you leave out of that office that person's not really a part of your life so this game is kind of designed to give people the tools to kind of play this kind of role for each other who better to have certain important deep impactful conversations than with people who know you the best and who spend the most time with you. So this game is kind of built to help people, help create a safe space for people to navigate across really difficult, sometimes very scary uh, conversations. And it sounds not fun at all, but believe it or not, it's wild fun. You know, she has, uh, these games have been, she's designed these games to like talk about the effects of, to, to, to help support people who've been incarcerated and help them with their, as far as how they deal with people that's in their lives as well, and vice versa. Because we have to support, you know, our brothers and sisters too who's been through the system. Uh, She's made a game similar to this for veterans. I mean, common sense should tell you, but no one can ever really, really know. But regardless of what your stance is politically, the effects of, of war on our veterans is real. And... 
after they do what they do, they coming back into society, and it's not an easy transition. So the game is there to, to help people kind of delve into certain things that need to be delved into. And there's all kinds of topics. But basically, I'm partnering with her and a few other people. We're going to have a night where we talk about some heavy stuff, you know, but we're also going to throw in poetry, some performances, music, Mitchell. We're going to have shout out to uh, shout outs. Well, I got to give a shout out real quick. All right. Shout out to Yolanda's Edible Sensation. She's going to be there giving out free libation infused cupcakes and treats and all kinds of stuff. And it's, we're going to have a bar there. In addition to that, you're going to need it. It's going to be a heavy night. All right. Shout out to my boy Joseph Robinson, who's been incarcerated himself. And while he was in there, he wrote a book called he's done all kinds of feats in jail. But he also wrote a book called Think be think outside the cell. It's entrepreneurial guide and testimony for entrepreneurship while you're behind the bars or after you get from behind the bars. And he has a few other books that just kind of addresses some real things. And he's giving like, yo, first forty people that come to the event get a free get a free one of these books. I'm gonna put the description of exactly which books it is to this episode. But fam, come through for this. You know what I mean? Whoever you know that work with the incarcerated at all, you know. Tell, tell them to check it out. Anybody you know who has been, if you have been through the system yourself, this is designed, this is not us yapping at you. We're here just trying to have a productive conversation of, A, on, it's two sides of it. You're talking about the effects that it has on you and identifying these things, putting a name on it, putting, you know, identifying it. But then at that same room, we're going to be in a room with people who, it's their job, it's their life mission to support people and their loved ones as they're going through this. You know, so I think it's going to be, uh, you know, usually people like it's hard to really think of addressing this kind of content and, ha- and having a good night in the same sense. If you're not used to like really addressing these things. But our goal here is to like, boom, we can talk about this heavy stuff. But listen, we're going to have a great night before, during and after. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to moderate the discussion. It's going to be a good time. All right. Now, now that I got that out of the way, I'm going to get uh, we're going to get right into our interview. Uh you know, I got a chance to sit down with my boy Alex. I always botch Jack up his last name, so I'm gonna call him Alex N. You know, you my boy Alex. Love you, bro. He is a part of the Lily Wolf Band and also the founder of Secret Loft. All right, now if you know me personally, you probably know Secret Loft also because you know uh, Secret Loft and I go way back. You know, uh, see, uh, so Lily Wolf is a band, you know, the guys based in Brooklyn. Sigloff is, uh, it started off in McKibben Lofts, but they were just like, it was exactly what, it's, what it's, the name tells you, a secret loft. Like, they were low profile for a reason. It was uh, in the, in the lofts out there. A lot of memorable nights, had a lot of rock shows, hip-hop shows, rages, ugly sweater contests, Christmas parties, comedy shows, and... Just the type of vibe that it would contribute to, it became an important part of my life and a lot of my friends' lives as well. A lot of friendships were created and nurtured there, and this is a certain type of element where, especially in, in these days, some gentrification happening, and such a it's so difficult to get venues nowadays for somebody who turned the same to to open up their space to people in the way they did, and to make sure people that come have a good time are always. You know, respect to that. And I've known Alex for years. He talk about how he got into doing what he's doing, how he came into New York, and what they've been doing with the comedy show. These comedy shows be mad funny. And, like, it's, they, it's straight up, you can only get the invite, you can only get there by invitation. 
right? You can't just pop up and get there. But I think it's dope. It's free. I'm, well, I think they really seen this change. Anyway, so you'll go there for a long time. It's been free, and you will see like Comedy Central, MTV Comics performing, and then after that, they're chilling in the audience, like they they chilling in a party, like pedestrians, like like civilians and all that. And I just find that funny, peculiar. But anyway, hope you enjoy. This is my boy Alex. Listen up, sit down, shut up, get your mama, get your dad, get your cousin, get your sister, and take a listen, all right? Hey, what's good, bro? Oh, what's up, QC? Doing good? I'm chilling. Yeah, we do handshake and all that, you know what I mean? Welcome to All Versus Life. It's QC again. I'm over here with Alex New. How you pronounce your last name again? I, I never heard it out loud until like five minutes ago. Neuhausen. Neuhausen, right? Yeah. Did I say it right? German, German, Jewish name. Oh, I ain't, I ain't, you know <laughs> I'm not even going to do the obvious joke that's right there, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know what I'm saying, it's all, uh, you know, all versus life, QC here, you know what I mean, kicking in with my man Alex and all of that, been around for, like, I'm, I know him for years now, you know, involved in the scene, and it, which has been, like, a platform for a lot of, like, people to just express themselves, it's been a platform for a lot of new friendships, uh, new collaborations, and just, like, building on a, a rich culture out here, you know what I mean? So, like, um, definitely glad to have you and all that, bro. Um, Thanks. What so you where you like where you, where you from from like where were you raised at? Uh, DC, like Northern DC? Virginia. Oh, where Northern yeah, Virginia? Like DC. All right, yeah, in the suburbs. When you get when you get first of all, um, I'm gonna give you a chance to punchline yourself, right? So like, for people who don't like, oh Alex, that's the blank guy. Like, what are you known for typically in this community? I mean, at least I'm probably known for my band mm-hmm. Lily Wolf and like mm-hmm. just kind of freelance production stuff too. Um, so I like mixed and mastered albums for other people. I record people like in my spot in Secret Loft, yeah. and then I throw shows. And that's yeah. just evolved out of being in a band yeah. and wanting to throw house shows. And then we started just people love them. People right. really like house shows. Right, so right. Like, Let's do more house shows. And we like throw throw them every month for like the last couple of years. Yeah. So uh, that's what we started calling it Secret Loft. Because explosive because we didn't want to share the address, so we wouldn't get. <laughs> that's, that's I'm thinking that. Um, I mean, it's a natural name. I thought yeah, that was dope too. Oh, like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now that everyone know where it is. Well, yeah. Once you've been here, you know the secret. <laughs> right, right. Like, it's still a secret. It's still a secret. I think it's, that's that's it's cool, pretty though. hard to find it online. Yeah, we're tough to track that. That's dope, and like I come through, and it's not like these joints be like dead. Like they be like it'd be like fully packed, and it'd be like the 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 uh, uh, the talent you be have to come yeah. through. It'd be like it won't be like no. Uh, they don't be slouches by any means, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, word of mouth is still huge for like yeah. advertising shows and getting it known. Like, yeah. and we have a mailing list up to about a thousand names now, word. like old school email mailing list. I ain't list. even on your mailing list, man. You are something else, you know. No. Right? No, you gotta come to. That's the other thing. We don't let people just sign up because we're super paranoid. That's dope. So we don't let people on the internet just like hit us up because that could be the NYPD. Right, right. So you have to be here. You right. have to get to a show first. <laughs> Through word of mouth, then you can sign up. Then you're in the club. That's a good idea. It's like a secret society a little bit. Facts. That's so, kind of how you got to do it. You don't want to end up like McKibben. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, McKibben was okay because everybody was in on that. Right. Like, nobody, <laughs> even the landlords, they just didn't care mm-hmm. about noise. But. So, uh, do you see McKibben as something that's changed over the, over the oh, years? Oh, yeah. How so? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wasn't there. I got there late. Anyway, in 2012, yeah. when I got there, I mean, the stories people would tell about, like, they were like, oh, 2005. Right, right. We shut down the block and, like, had a street party between, like, 
both, you know, between the, the two apartment buildings and people were like strung like like zip lines between the buildings and we're like sending what? drinks back and forth across what? them like between the buildings. Yeah. I'm tight. I wasn't here for that. <laughs> yeah, they had some 420 party and this was back when you really couldn't smoke in public in New York but they yeah. like basically barricaded the streets so like cops couldn't yeah. come down. Yeah, things were a lot crazier back this then. This is back before, this is back before the world cared about Brooklyn so cops would be like oh we don't want to go there anyway. Well they're like, <laughs> yeah they kind of like East Williamsburg was just starting to change in like 2005, 2006 right. and Bushwick was not, it was like Still, like the frontier, yeah. yeah. So you could get, you know, some shithole apartment in McKibben for like four hundred bucks a month or something. Yeah. So now it's not like that at all. Yeah. They made a nicer. They finally got hit by the Department of Buildings after twenty years of like letting people build their own apartments. Yeah, they always, they always put their own rooms in. So they started renovating places. Yeah, something else. Well, now they just do. They they cater to a lot of like students now. They yeah. can find like students too. Or, like, there's just more and more yuppies, too. Yeah, or like People with day jobs. I remember we were, like, we, were, we started the reports in, like, 2014, 2015. Someone would be, like, come knock on my door. I have work tomorrow morning, <laughs> Sunday morning at, like, at 8 a.m. And I, I was, like, you you live in the wrong place. Like, <laughs> you you were. Why did you move here? <laughs> why did you move here? <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be the next question for me. Like, uh, I, like I've heard of, uh, oh. I can't name the spot. There's like a you know a venue over here. You know people will move like right above venues and complain about noise on yeah. Saturday nights. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like what? It's wilding it's out. People. Well, this is America where Word. people are entitled. Facts. Like, wilding out. Son. But uh, um, I so I met you through Brooklyn Wildlife. You know, I guess network. That's kind of how I just kind of like mm-hmm. associate people based on who I know. Uh, I forgot exactly when and where. I would just randomly see you and stuff like that. How did you meet Chris and how did you basically get in? Yeah. So like, the, first, the first people I met actually. Oh, oh Chris Wildlife. being the founder, you know, co founder of Brook and Wildlife, by the way. Yeah. Keep all the characters and the story straight. Yeah. So I, uh, I actually met, and this is funny, I like moved into McKibben. I didn't meet Chris or anybody. I knew Robin, the dude who like runs Secret Mansion now down in like South Brooklyn. He was my neighbor. Oh, yeah, he's cool. He moved in the same time in like summer of 2013. And you know, I just like, I, I want to throw part. I was like, I can be loud in this place. I can have band practice here. Right. And I started doing band practice. Nobody said anything. Right, right, I was like, right. all right, I can throw parties here. And I did. Mm. And like, nobody said anything. So mm. I was like, great. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I threw like a Halloween party that was like a huge rager, which is its own story. And then finally, I, it turns out there were security dudes, the right. Brad and Aaron. So then I actually met them that night. And they were like, what the fuck? I was, I was like, I don't know. I, well, I was like with Brad too. I was like, who is this old man coming into my apartment yelling at me? I, and I thought he was just my I neighbor. I remember that. Yo, the, the little stocky dude, right? Yeah. Oh. Stocky dude. yeah. So he's, he's yelling and carrying on. I was there. Dude. I was, was like, like, security for the, I was like, no, you're not. There's no security <laughs> in this building. And so, uh, anyway, but, but I, I still know anyone in Brooklyn Wildlife. Yeah, I had met Aaron, and Aaron had told me about like my friend's store in a summer festival. Aaron Phillips, right? Watkins. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Watkins uh, told me about his friend was throwing a summer festival called Brooklyn Wildlife, and I didn't go to it. And so I like skipped that. And then I threw uh, a like holiday party, like Christmas. What I call it, the hip hop Christmas pageant. Right, right. Because right. I was like, I want to do more live hip hop. Like that's more fun, yeah. and it's like a lot less. It's like easier to run the sound for like hip hop than right. it is for. Uh, oh, you need a mic. Yeah, <laughs> you need a mic and a, an aux cable. Yeah, right. So 
So I had been, and it also worked out because around that time, me and Lily had like a new single in Lily Wolf, and we needed a rapper. We wanted a rapper to do a verse in it. And like, we had tried using like a guy we knew through another friend who just wasn't like a great rapper. And then I was like, I was like, let's just look online. I'll see like who's out there. And I'll just like hit, hit up whoever sounds good that I find on like, so I got on like, what was MySpace? What was I on? Like Sonic Vids or Facebook? I was just looking right, on Facebook, right. I guess. It was like artist pages. And I found this group, Duck Duck Goose. Yeah. That had, uh, had like some cool tracks. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I'll hit these guys up. So yeah, totally randomly. I did not know that, that Chris Carr was living across the street from me. Right. But I hit up Duck Duck Goose. I was like, would, would one of you guys or both of you want to do like a feature on this track? And I yeah. sent him the Lily Wolf track. And like Paco recorded him and Shane each to universe. And they decided Shane's verse was better. Right. And this is like before I even met him in person. They just wow. like. So they sent me back like the completed verse. I put it in the song. We like put the song out. And then I was like, we're doing like a, we're throwing like a party. You guys want to come perform? And Duck Duck Goose was like, oh yeah, definitely. And then Lily and I had this, uh, this other friend, this guy Dylan, who was like our intern. We had hired like an intern to help with marketing. Like we had like a new EP we were putting out right around then. Yeah. That single was on. So we like, we got an intern to just help like. We got to. We want to collect a hundred emails from different blogs and yeah. stuff, like that kind of thing. Um, and he was he was like a student, like a, kid, a guy just out of college, who were paying, you know, like, like a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks a month or something. Right, right. Um, and he was real into like Brooklyn hip hop and like the local scenes. So he recommended. We're like, oh yeah, we're throwing this party, and we got this this like group, Duck Duck Goose is playing. Do you can you recommend like anybody else, like any other groups? It was like, yeah, there's two guys that, who I love, this dude Brooklish yeah. and this dude Crimdella. Wow. Um, they, and who was the last one? Rex Dizzy, who's this Korean dude. Um, and he was like, yeah, you should, you should get all three of them on. They'll come out and just play it for like free drinks. Word, word. You know? and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, all right. So, so Brooklish and Crimdella and Duck Duck Goose all played a party at my place before I met Chris Carr or knew about mm. Broken Wildlife. Because it's a weird, small world. Right, right. <laughs> and I don't think he, he didn't, Chris didn't come to that party. He didn't even know about it. And yeah. then, like, so we threw that party. And it was, like, pretty good. When was, was like this? What year was this? That was December 2013. Mm. So, yeah, that was, that was like, I don't know, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool party. I think we had an ugly sweater contest. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so then, at that party, Paco and I were, like, talking. And he was like, oh, he was like, you should talk to this guy, uh, Chris. He, like, he throws a bunch of shows, yeah. too. And, like, you guys could do something together. And, uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, de- you know, definitely. Like, you know, I get into, he, like, you know, I, like, sent him a Facebook friend request or something. Yeah. And then, uh, what did I do? Then I went to, I, like, then, like, 12 Days of Art was happening. Then, like, early 2014, 12 Days of Art was happening. Mm. And I went to, uh... Iffy Roma's birthday party at, uh, I forget the name of it. It's this, this bar in Williamsburg that has, like, a greenhouse in it. It's, like, closed, I think. Yeah. But this was back in, like, when, like, Cameo Gallery was still a thing mm-hmm. and, like, Glasslands was still a thing and 285 Kent was mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I went to that and I met Chris and he was like, oh, well, like, what do you do? And I, right. like, talked about events and stuff and... Yeah, and, and I was like, yeah, where do you live? He's like, 248 McKibben. And I was like, oh, I'm in 255 McKibben. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, no yeah, shit. Yeah. So then he like, yeah, the next day he like came by my place. And, uh, oh, and then it happened. He was going to have his birthday party, the fishnets and ice cream party. I remember that. Yeah, you got to 
That's crazy. Dude. January of 2014, and he was like, he came like he lost his venue. I forget what happened, but something the venue yeah. fell through yeah. like the week before, or it was like his his party was planned for like that Saturday night. Yeah. And I met him on like a Monday. Yeah. And he came by. And he's like, so <laughs> do you want to like throw a party this weekend, maybe? And I was like, and this too, like this is like. Like, I was in McKibben then, and I was, like, renting... We were renting individual rooms from mm-hmm. the landlord. Mm-hmm. He was doing, like, the single-room occupancy thing, because you get more rent that way. Right, right. But so, like... And, it, and like, you know, there was, like, a couple that lived there for, like, four months, and they left. Right, and like, right. You know, people coming in and out and stuff. So, like, when you're in that situation, you don't really buy much, like, common room furniture. Right, right. So we had, like, one beat-up shitty couch yeah. and, like, a shitty chair... And like I had, I built the stage, and so I had like a stage, but it was a pretty empty apartment. So at the time, I was like, like we didn't have a carpet or anything. Right, we just right. Had like the I remember when, when you added the carpet. I, I was like, the carpet Ooh. was a whole new thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when I got, I didn't even have these lights for that that first fish nights party. I got yeah. the I got the hanging secret loft, mm. you know, Italian restaurant, classic light bulbs, right. or <laughs> the Valentine's King party mm. in 2014. That was in February. Mm. But so yeah, so we threw. Chris's birthday party in 2014 that's dope that's dope and uh yeah I remember I got like Ventico the photographer came out and took photos and I think the landlord had just put in a new kitchen for some reason like so the place was like it was looking pretty sharp took all these these good photos yeah the bar and all that on deck uh, what did we do? This was before we even figured out to do the bar in the kitchen so we had the bar just like (laughs) in a table in the main room and we later were like Oh, we should stop letting people just like go through our fucking kitchen and hang out. We should block that off. You learn. You learn over time. Right, right, yeah. right. I was. It was a nice little setup too, because like the bars over here, then just what like it won't clutter up or distract yeah. people that's in the showroom area or the dance floor. Yeah, once we figured it out. But, yeah. but at the time, we were like, "Oh no, we gotta put the bar next to the stage." And I don't know. We were just stupid, so we were like had it in the main room, and it was like, and yeah, the bartender would be like, "I'm out of ice." I guess I'll just stand here. It's in the fucking living room. Like, there's nothing to do. So, yeah, we put the bar next to the freezer. It was like a major innovation. But uh, you got to learn that stuff. Yeah. Yo, this is dope. Like, because these are things that, like, because you're connecting a lot of dots for me yeah. now. And that's that's part. That's why I do this, too, because this, this is mad cool, yo. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, all right. So, so, as far as the, you know, art in general, what was the first type of, like, when you, be, when you became an artist, when you first became an artist, what was the first craft you were messing with? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I've always, like, music's been, like, kind of my, that's what does it for me. That's, like, the medium that I, that really does it for me. Like, yeah. More than, like, visual art or film or anything else. It's, like, music. So, the abstract nature of it. Yeah. It just works. It does, like, it's, like, bottled emotion. Yeah. It's good. Um, so I like, I mean, I was playing like, like instruments in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I was like, what was that? I was like third chair clarinet in oh, like the I band heard. in like sixth grade. Did they have like a little uh, top for you to wear? I think we, we, had a little, we had a little performance. Yeah, we had yeah. a little recital. But then I, uh, seventh grade, I like quit playing clarinet and I started playing guitar. Oh, I, I, he was like, nah, so I'm trying to get them chicks beat. Yeah. Can't do it with no clarinet. And, and it worked. So, <laughs> so. Uh, no, but then even, you know, I was like seventh grade, so before I even knew how to play guitar, I like had right. a band with my friends, yeah, That's dope. I was in, was in like punk bands through like middle school and high school, yeah. uh, and like rock bands and stuff, and we like recorded and put out some music and, yeah. and stuff, and then uh, I went to college, 
at University of Virginia, which is like a big party school. They've got like a huge Greek scene. They've got like 30 or 35 fraternities mm. and like eight or nine sororities. Eh. And they got money. So I like put together a cover band with like the dude that I was living with. Mm. And we were like one of the greatest cover bands in history. Out <laughs> because, um, not because of me, like I was competent, but like I was like a versatile, like good guitarist, right, like right. a good feel. Yeah. But I, I happened to live with my freshman year in the dorms, like this dude from Virginia Beach, his name's Hagana, who has perfect pitch. And like he, he'd been playing like, I mean, he, yeah, he'd been playing piano since he was like five years old and was in like state level piano competitions. And so, and he could play harp, he could play like saxophone. He was just like innately like awesome in music. Harp? Yeah. He could play that organ in the church. He had, yeah, he had, he'd have gigs. He could play harp like in a group. <laughs> Make like five hundred bucks on a Sunday. All like, the chicks, all the money. So he he was so good though. He could hear like we're like oh yeah we want to play like forgot about Dre, and he's like oh yeah here's the guitar line like don't yeah you know. and then uh you know and he's like uh yeah he's like oh yeah I'll play the, the keys here we go and he's like I'll use my other hand to play the synth line on my second keyboard and like at our drummer would just like land on the beat so we had our our lead singer was this Filipino guy who could also rap oh all right. um. So we could do a bunch of hip hop covers, yeah. And then we got this guy. After a year or two of that, we got a guy who was later on American Idol who could do like a really soulful, like R. Kelly, Usher type, like R and B style singing. He was like a great dancer. So real quick, what kind of R. Kelly? Which R. Kelly song did y'all end up? Did y'all ever cover? Oh, we did remix to Ignition. Word. Yeah. So, yeah, so you play that kind of stuff at a frat party. And then we do, like, the, the stuff for, like, the, the white kids, too. We play, like, Sublime and Weezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I don't know, the, the Darkness, the bon, bon Jovi stuff, Chili Green Peppers. Day. Yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Not too much. That's not so much party songs. I feel you. I feel you. Word. They, they all kind of like, uh, you know what I'm saying, you just broke up with your girlfriend. Do, music. Yeah. Word. <laughs> do some, yeah, some 311. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we we'd get paid, like... Yeah, but it's like I like kind of didn't really write original music all the time. I was just yeah. playing live, like almost every weekend. And we get paid like there were like five, six. There's six of us in the band. We yeah. get like six hundred bucks for a gig, what? and dinner, and free and beer all night. So like it was a pretty sweet, pretty Word. sweet gig in college. Right, yeah, right. 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 Um, and we got so we got so we were like we were tight enough. We had a set list of like fifty songs that we all knew, and if we wanted to learn a new song, the keyboard player would just like. You know, he'd just, he'd e- email us, or we'd just, like, go hang out with him for 20 minutes. And he's like, oh, yeah, here's the, here's the chords. Mm. Yeah, and we're like, oh, okay. And then we just learn our part, and then we practice it, like, twice during our sound check, and then play the song. It's like, we didn't even have to practice anymore. Or, like, I, I ain't gonna lie, I heard that cover band thing was kind of, like, uh, like in general, like a, a nice little jump. Yeah. Or, it was, I mean, it's, it's especially it's really like, fun. Of course, it's somebody, like, a person good at it, of course. Yeah, and you're, but you're playing, like, great songs by definition right. that people know and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's super, it's way easier than trying to do your own original material, right? right. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a sweet gig. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I got, I got, like, you know, definitely very used to playing live, and over time you collect gear, so I had, like... You know, I, we like re- recorded a demo so we could like pitch ourselves to like you know frats and stuff. Mm. So learn a little bit of audio recording and stuff with Pro Tools. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I went to grad school 
in California. Mm. So we moved to the Bay Area, oh. went to Stanford for grad school. And that's when you got the hair together. For six years. No, that wasn't until I got to New York. Oh, wow. No, I, still, I just had like a very short haircut. Yeah. Like that, this whole time. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and, and uh, while I was in grad school, Lily, Lily Wolfson, who's like my co-songwriter. Yeah. And this is still like, this is like 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm an old guy. I'm right. 33. Oh, we're So guy. this was, I was, uh, <laughs> I was, what, 22 in, like, mm. 2000, fall 2005, like, moved to California. Mm. It's, like, Palo Alto, like, the Silicon Valley thing. Mm. And, uh, yeah, met, like, this girl who was a senior who was studying music who, like, wanted to put a band together, who wanted was looking for a guitarist. Mm. And but then, like, and I, you know, I got to Stanford, and I didn't, like, I didn't know anybody at all, really. Yeah, mm. so I was kind of, I started then recording my own, like, demos and songs. Mm. And I got a free copy, like Ableton Live, like the demo copy with like, you know, when I bought like a little M Audio like interface or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. So I started like just recording like whatever weird stuff I thought up. Yeah. I just like hang out for a night and like write a beat. Right. right. Oh, I didn't really know what that was at the time, but I was like writing beats. Right. That's what I was doing. Um, and I tried like, I can't sing at all, but I tried like writing some like singer songwriter stuff and it wasn't right. good. And my friends were like, nah. And I was, so I was like, I'll, I'll just write beats. These are cool. And, uh, Everybody needs friends like that, first yeah. off. Yeah. Probably saved you a lot of grief. If you ever send your, you send your friend a thing and they just don't respond about it. It's It's Yeah, you don't, they said enough. Yeah. Or. But anyway, so I had these demos, and uh, this is back when Facebook groups was a thing. There was a group for, like, you know, musicians <laughs> who want to get together and, like, jam or, like, meet up, right? Musician meet up or whatever on, like, a message board. Yeah. And, yeah, Lily had a post, and she's like, oh, looking for a guitarist and a bass player and a drummer to, to do. And I guess when you're in the music program at Stanford for your, like, as an undergrad, you record, like, an album. Really? Like not a full album. Like you, maybe you record a song right. or you recorded a demo. Right, right. You gotta like produce something. You, she took like the production class, and so you gotta use Pro Tools, and they have a pro studio there. Oh. Um, yeah, and you got you gotta record like a piece of music. So Lily has been a piano player. She's like a classically trained pianist, and has been, and she has perfect pitch as well, mm. so she can hear a song. Mm. She'll do the thing. We'll be like in a bar, and she'll get a song idea. And she'll just write the notes for the song down on a napkin. Oh. And then she, like, has her own notation. Wow. She can, like, write the sheet music down. But usually she just writes the chords. So, like, even, like, the tone out, the pitch, and what she would sing, she would write that out. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. So she can hear a melody or a chord and be like, oh, yeah, that's a... Yeah, you hear, you hear how it goes, like, A major 7 to E there? Like, and I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> well, I have to be like, I was like, let me go get my guitar, and I'm like, I can like figure it out. Right, yeah. right. Oh, because that was the language you spoke. You spoke guitar. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Lily is. It's like yeah, playing piano is so ingrained in her head that she can just hear something, and knows mm. what it is. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so I like play guitar in her senior project, and then she graduated. She got a job at Google, and she kept living in the Bay Area for the next like six years. Um, working at like software startups and whatever and I went to grad school and like worked in a lab mm -hmm. most like grad school is mostly like you take classes for the first like three years mm -hmm. and then uh you just work in a lab you're like an apprentice so it's mm -hmm. like worked in a science lab doing like physics experiments that's what you you would focus on physics. yeah yeah so 
My degree's in electrical engineering, yeah. I was yeah. doing like, physics experiments in a lab. Um, it was, I mean, it was, it was nice. It was, like, the work is really underpaid for, like, what you're doing. You're right. doing, like, top-level science research. Right, and you're right. making, like, $30,000 a year. Yeah. Which, like, in the Bay Area, it's kind of like New York. It, like, that's, that's just, like, Word. it's tough. It's Word. tight. That's it's tight. LOL. Trying to, yeah. And, like, you got to live in, like, <laughs> suburbs of Palo Alto, which is, like, very hard. Um, yeah, but, like, you could buy, like... You know, you just don't, you're not saving a lot of money or anything. Yeah. Uh, but it's like super flexible work hours. So you yeah. work like, you work like 11 a.m. to like 8 p.m. or something yeah. and like go to the gym and like go home. And... Yeah, so we played, we were in a band uh, and played a bunch of shows like out in the Bay Area and put out like two EPs and an yeah. LP. Oh, we, yeah. we were on that for like five years. And this is a question I always end up asking somebody and they tell me and then I forget and I ask somebody again. What's the difference between an EP and an LP? Is it the length? How many tracks it is? Yeah. EP is how many versus LP? EP is usually like three to six. Okay. And LP is like eight or more. Copy. And a lot goes back to like, I mean this goes back to when record labels would press a record. Right. Nowadays there's really no reason to do it. Right. Unless you want, you feel it thematically the songs like work together. Right. But... Back when you're gonna press a record, it's like it costs like you know two bucks per vinyl record to mm-hmm. press that thing. So you mm-hmm. better fill it up right, with like yeah. forty minutes of music. Right. Yeah, um, and that's not even including like the cost of like having the actual mode created for the vinyl, right? Because I heard that's pretty could be a bit. Yeah, that's that's some like big flat fee. They make like the master out of like yeah. platinum or something. It's OB. Like, yeah, CDs are definitely like cheaper, yeah. but still like the model always was like kind of. Yeah, you typically put out, you know, 10 to, to 15 songs yeah. on an LP. So we did that. Yeah, and then we, uh, we went in and, like, I finished grad school. I moved to New York. I started working at Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. as I kind of burned out on the physics science stuff. I feel you. Um, and switched to programming and became a software programmer. Yeah. Because I, like, I had done a bunch of it. It's, like, related to... Yeah. If you work in a physics lab and you're taking data, you have to write code anyway right, to do right. that. Um, so it wasn't that different. So I got a job at Bloomberg um, five years ago. I moved to Williamsburg. Nice. And like, oh, and I stopped for, I did a stopover for a year. I went to Portland, Oregon and lived with my mom because uh, she and my dad were living. They like split up and they both moved to Portland, Oregon mm-hmm. uh, around the time I was like 22. Mm-hmm. And so they were living there and I was like, you kind of finish your research and you got to write up the thesis, which is like right. two hundred page process, right? like document. Yeah, so like I was a dissertation, like, right? Is yeah, it? dissertation. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm not gonna. Why would I stay in like the Bay Area where I'm like spending my entire right. salary just to like live here when I could like save that money, uh, go crash at my mom's place yeah. for the winter? So like, I stayed with her for like eight months, yeah. from like yeah, late 2011 to like mid 2012. Mm-hmm. Wrote my thesis, and while I was there, I like got into DJing. I was still like oh, producing and stuff, what? and that too. The whole time we were doing the Lily Wolf stuff, the first like, or before it was Lily Wolf, it was Hey Young Believer was the name of the band. Oh, word? Yeah. You were and like a few other people. Yeah, so it was like a four piece. Yeah, we had a drummer, this dude Nick Schilling, who was real good. Uh, we went through, and I played guitar. Uh, Lily sang and played piano. You had like a keyboard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Elton John shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and there's always one member of like every band who like 
you you ne- like you always replace them over and over. Right, this happens right. in like every band. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen This Is Final Tap. Spinal but it's Tap. like yeah, This Is Final Tap is like a parody satire movie of like a tour of a heavy metal band that's like over the hill in like the eighties. And like a running joke is like I think it's their drummer like keeps like dying or exploding <laughs> or like and they just like get a new one like the next day they're just like, like oh yeah we got a new drummer yeah that's mad funny he just like spontaneously combusts at one point or he like gets hit by a truck and it's like gone like and they just get a new one and it's like you only get that joke if you've been in a band right right but it's right. I swear to God every band I've been in there's always like that's the thing there's one guy who like. Like, somebody quits, and so you get someone new to replace them, but they don't, like, quite sync with the rest of the band because you've all been playing together. Right. For, like, right. three years. It's like if you had a rule among your friend group that there always had to be four of you. And, like, as soon as someone leaves, you get someone new in there. Like, they don't get all the jokes. Right, and, right, like, right. Yeah, so, yeah, we went through, <laughs> we went through like... Thing, I remember, like... <laughs> we went through, like, six different bass players in that band. Six different bass yeah. players? Or, yeah. like... I remember like a uh, Paco had a show one time and like he be having like the funniest luck with his show because he performed with low profile and all of that. Like I think one time like one of the, like it was a car accident and dude like a show like right after that it was like the car ran out of gas on the highway. It was just, like geez. So yo. low profile like <laughs> right Stevie like moved to New Jersey or something right or maybe he was in New Jersey. Uh, or... PA. Okay. Pennsylvania I think Philly. Oh okay. Or, so he moved to, yeah so his drummer moved to Philly so yeah, he's yeah. got to get a new drummer. So I guarantee. <laughs> It's not gonna stick. It's gonna like six months later he'll have yeah, like another drummer and it's like this he's gonna it's the curse. This is just the thing. It's mad funny, yo. So you yeah. can tell him if he's watched this is Spinal Tap. It's a pretty funny movie, actually. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. Now I'm gonna watch it now. Yeah. Word. So yeah. you were saying So uh Oh so so we were like uh we had that four piece and we like like our first record we wanted to we made like a three song, like EP, right? And so we had like three songs that we want to record, and we got like the drummer was like, Oh, my friend has a recording studio, he'll do it. And this was like 2006 or whatever. Um, we we're like, All right, sweet, yeah, let's go do it. And so we went in, like, spent like a, and he's, and we're, I was, you know, we're like, Well, how much is it to like record? And like, I was a student then, right? And like, Lily's just finished being a student, so we're like, We don't have a ton of money. And he's like, Well, the rate is like $450 a day. But he's gonna give us a deal, and it'll only be 150 a day. Wow. And we're like, okay, sweet, that's really nice. It's cool. um, so like we went in, and we like tracked. I think we did two days of recording, like a Saturday and a Sunday, mm. and we did like really clean recording where we each like we first you record with like the band playing, and you really record the drummer to get like, and then you then you basically like throw out the drum part. You've now got like. The shape of the song. Mm-hmm. The drummer then plays along to that with the metronome to like really lock in and record the drum part. And then you take out each of those scratch tracks and replace them with like an actual like very carefully done like take. Basically, is how you get a modern like sounding like right. rock record or whatever. Uh, I was always curious about that too. Yeah. So you gotta you need to, like the, the skeleton to work off first, basically. Right. And then. Uh, yeah, we do multiple takes, and like, there's gonna be if you know if you have a guy who's who's willing to spend time to like comp it, they take your multiple takes and like composite them right, right. into like. So it's the same thing you do for vocals, but you do it with every instrument, you right. know. <clears throat> so it can it can be a lot of work yeah. and effort. So like the downside. Be the engineer is gonna be mad flip ups and for that joint. Yeah, I'm like, listen, as characters, Steven. 
Yeah, there's a lot of, like, we need a, and I'm not, so we're, we're like perfectionists, right? So, right, yeah. right. Yeah, so when you get the guy who's like a friend to like, who's like, oh yeah, I'll record it, like, then you're like, all right, and he's like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll mix it too, it's no big deal, but like, that means the mix is going to take like three months, right? It's going <laughs> to take like four months, right? And I, yeah, and at a certain point I was like, I was like, Yo, Nick, can you just can you just tell him we'll just pay him like full right, price, like right. a regular client? Because like right. it'd be nice to just get this done. Yeah, word. Like, and Nick was like, "No, he really wants to do it as a friend." I was like, "Well, it's not. <laughs> it sucks." Like, you know. And then after three months, he finally finishes it. But it's like you could tell it's like the lazy mix, right? Like, so there's like, like you can hear, you know, you're a mix, and you can be like, like it was it was super clean, but like. You know, it's like the guitar solo comes in, and instead of like doing something clever where it like sits right in the mix, it's just like pan left guitar mm, solo, wow, rhythm guitar pan right, like, and then it's oh. like, and you're like, what is this? Like some Beatles like old time stereo shit. Is how they they used to do that, right? They couldn't mix the tracks even, like, so just like pan, hard pan left, hard pan right, and stuff. So. uh yeah, so we like we dealt we dealt with that. We got it done. It turned out to be like a, a perfectly fine sounding like record, but the whole process was like six months for three songs, and I was like, "Fuck this! I'm doing it. I'm doing it myself next time." Right. Uh, and we did the next time. We like a year later, we went to record like five more songs. And we just did it ourselves. We found like um, mastering tool. Yeah, I did everything. Yeah, well, and I mean, you're so, a programmer. You conditioned for that shit. So, yeah. I mean, it's not easy. And a researcher. Right. Because I used to do a lot of research. I'm really good at, like, if there's a topic, like, go yeah. learn about it yeah. on the internet and then, like, approximately do do a decent job of it. Yeah. So it wasn't good. Like, if I, if I go back and listen to it now, I'm like, this isn't a good, right, right, right. Re- like, mix or record, but, like, it's, you know, it's loud enough. It's right. all there. Right, like, You right. hear everything. It's okay. right. right. For the most part, I didn't do anything like really stupid. It just right. like you get much better. Over but it time. didn't take three months. I think it did. <laughs> but uh, but it was like my three months doing right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that was like you know I spent a whole weekend and come up with like the mix of like three songs yeah, and then I yeah. have the band listen to it and then yeah they make suggestions and you fix it. Yeah. But like the nice thing is then like then after that like two years after that we did we recorded 16 songs and made like a whole lp sort of concept album not like concept, i mean they're all standalone songs but all work together but it was like the, that was a big project that took like a whole yeah, summer word. but and then we went to like yeah we went to a studio and like paid an engineer but i kind of told them what i wanted yeah, yeah. and like directed it and i was like the producer mm. and that had a bunch of tracks that i wrote in ableton live where I would like put in my like I would like write out like a MIDI synth line or whatever and have that like mix that into the the song or whatever. I recorded like my own guitar for that, mm. and then I went to the studio to record the vocals and drums and then backing vocals and harmonies and stuff. We just recorded like in my room, mm. but like by then, right? You if you do enough of that, you just start collecting gear too, right? Like right, by then you've got like right. a decent mic, you've got a decent audio interface right. for your your computer, mm. right? You've like you've like cracked or installed like a whole bunch of right. like audio software and plugins so i got like a ton of like facts yeah shout out to pirate bay facts yo to this day they be you know what i mean they made me a couple of dollars so shout yeah. out to pirate Con- bay kanye west uses pirate don't go nowhere i'm sure he does i'm sure he does this yo. this was like a scoop like the source or somebody found it kanye posted kanye tweeted something about like he's like working on you know something with like 
I think it was Serum. It was like a new this new like synth plugin, right? And he was like, he's like, this is he's like, this is a dope like plugin. It's nice. And you could see in his browser tabs, he had the Pirate Bay tab. That's <laughs> funny. Yo. Like he just he just cracked his there. And I I think it was a I think it was Serum, which I think like Dead Mouse worked on. He was like he was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> You're like. You were like a hundred million dollars. You can't pay two hundred dollars to like you fuck that buy or something. Fuck that bitch. It's like no, it's faster on pirate. Bay. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Or I hear that man. Um. So boom, I got. I got. Uh, so that's question. that's um, how we got. That's how we got to the point of being. Able oh yeah, to record our own piece, stuff. I want to get the that, whole that sums it up. We got the. That's how we got the LP done. We put it out. It did okay. That that's when we got the and then we got some licensing off that actually. We had that LP I out. See. We had it out on the internet. On SoundCloud and everything, this is back on MySpace. People were still using it in 2008 or mm. whatever. And uh, Buna which is a production company that does mm. a bunch of shows for MTV, actually had a set back then. So yeah, one of the songs from that LP, like one of the one of the, two of the songs, were on the Real World. Where? Yeah, the Real World New Orleans. Is this the one with the Miz on it? Well, that's no, 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 that's Real Rules. Oh, never mind. This was. I mean, yeah, one of them was like this kind of cool, had this cool, like, kind of chill guitar line. And this, so they opened with some shots of, like, maybe it was the real world San Diego. They opened with some shots of the ocean and the beach or whatever oh. with this cool surf guitar line they had. Right, right. And then they had, in that, that same episode, they kick one of the characters off the show. A word? And so we had this really sad, the song, the whole album ended on this very sad, like, piano ballad that yeah. Lily wrote that was, like, it's really good. Um, and they played that like very sad like piano intro for when they kicked the girl out of the house. And she's, like, <laughs> so wait, did they give you out a context for you made it? They were like, yo, listen, we're gonna have somebody kicked out of the joint. No, we they they like just that? said uh, no. They hit us up like six months beforehand. They were yeah. like, we want to license your stuff. Like you gotta you sign these contracts. We don't pay you anything up front, but if we use it in a show, we'll credit you like as we play the song. Mm-hmm. And you get royalties from it. Oh, that's you dope. get like mechanical royalties. Nice. Things, like, so we're in like ASCAP and they go collect the money yeah. based on that. And uh, yeah, they did. So like that night when the show aired, like the next day we had, I think we, you know, you, find, you get delayed reporting, but like the next day we sold like $300 worth of singles on like iTunes oh, for those songs. Yay. Yeah. So it was like nice. Yo, so speaking of like licenses and like ASCAP and all that, so like, What's like, as somebody I want to put out an album, what's like the licensing paperwork process you got to make sure you do to just make sure that you got your, you took care of your business? So, I mean, I'll say for the most part, it's like, it's hard to, like a lot of artists worry about, like, I don't want someone to steal my stuff, this and that. Like, I got to be careful. I don't want to put it out there. And like, it's it's really not a thing to worry about. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't happen. (laughs) And like anybody who's a big enough company to where they could really rip you off, like give right. your song a bunch of exposure, we'll have their shit together. Right, they got a right. legal department, they got an in-house, like, and they're not fucking around. And if they were going to screw you over, it would mean they've already screwed over like tons of other artists, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, some record label would already be after them. Right, like, right, right. And that's right. like what they do. They, they want their royalties because record labels keep a percentage of that. Right. So, it's all like you're kind of like they know more than you in the licensing, but like it's really not a thing. Right, right. I, um, I do have a funny story about we did get a song stolen, a word, but it was not a licensing thing. It was right. a, some startup company, yeah, um, out in San Francisco. Yeah, well, they've they been eating help, so like, I get that. Up. I get that. I'm like, yo, keep that. Yo. That's, that's, that's <laughs> a funny side story. That's not. That's not. It's relevant to the Brooklyn yeah. art scene. Anyway. Uh, 
But yeah, so we the the process then is there really are a bunch of non-exclusive licensing services. There are people whose job is to be the middleman between you, the artist, and companies out there that want to license. And that includes like a lot of most TV and production companies like have an in-house person who's doing scouting, who's looking stuff up. And there's really nothing you can do. Like you can't pitch those guys. Like we had a contact at Buna Murray who found us through like we had a couple songs that did really well on like on MySpace and Spotify. And no, this was before Spotify. MySpace and SoundCloud back in yeah. two thousand eight. Oh. And they hit us up. And I over time I recommended a couple other artists to that dude mm-hmm. and I don't think he ever even listened to him. He right, just, right. It's not right. my job, I don't fucking care. Or it's like whatever. Um Yeah, so so like you can't it's it's hard to pitch to like T V or movies and they they've already got someone who's gonna come find you right, if you're right. ready for it. Right. Um but there's a, t- a whole bunch of uh, companies out there that are that are non-exclusive licensors that do stuff like, um, like gyms, like cruise ships, malls, restaurants, mm-hmm. uh, television commercial television commercials. Like there's a ton of stuff like overseas. There's like a you know a huge market. Mm-hmm. And granted, like my band, we write, we write pop music, um, and our older stuff, which is like as Lily Wolf, the project like. Uh, right after we moved to New York in like 2012, right over the next like three years, we put out uh, two EPs and an LP. Yeah, we put out 20 songs, mm-hmm. so two five-song EPs mm-hmm. and a 10-song LP. Um, yeah, and like that, we actually made three thousand dollars last year from licensing from that stuff, uh, and a lot of it from the stuff that we don't even like play live like right. anymore. It's like dance music. It's like kind of like Eurodance, 2012 sounding, right. like Katy Perry, Britney Spears, Rihanna type right. stuff. Because that's that stuff is really fun to write and listen right. to. And, right. and so we, yeah, we wrote like some some like songs like in that vibe, mm. and they're still like big overseas. So we actually have yeah. There's this website, Gemendo. Mm-hmm. It's like MySpace or SoundCloud, but it's real popular in Europe and Brazil and Latin America. Mm. And we're fucking huge on there. We have like yeah. five million plays That's on mad, that. That's dope. So we've been saying for years we're like we gotta go tour Europe. But Yo, we... that you want to get because show money. I heard show money's pretty nice. Too. Yes, or... <laughs> show money is definitely better. They pay the artists. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, we gotta put it together. The problem is it's all decentralized, right? It's five million plays spread over right. three continents right, right. and like dozens of countries. So we don't really know how to capitalize, and we haven't. But we do get. We do get. Like that, so Gemendo does licensing as well as just being like a social network for music. Mm-hmm. So Gemendo.com is one. This is one called J A M E N D O. Okay. So there's that. There's uh, this one called Audio Sparks, mm-hmm. which is Audio S P A R X. What's another one that we use? Um, oh, what's it called? Sound Reef. Sound Reef? Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah, so S-O-U-N-D-R-E-E-F. Um, and those three are probably, I think that's most of it. That's the bulk of our licensing. Like money comes from from those three. Uh, there may be one or two others. Uh, there's one Brazilian company, I forget their name, but like, they're not huge. Right, but, right. But yeah, but those guys, like, we get quarterly royalty statements. That's and cool. like, and like, Jimendo will tell you what the project was, which is neat. So like, oh, we're like, we're getting a lot of like department stores in Portugal, like playing our playing our stuff, <laughs> like, and we we get we get like international fan mail 
on like our Facebook. Really? So we'll get Yeah, we we some dude from Poland hit us up and he like he actually just wrote to us first to just be like, Could I use your song in my YouTube video for my hang gliding club? And I was like, I guess that's a thing people in Poland do. <laughs> uh so we were like, Yeah, sure, go for it, why not? And he did, and then like three months later he wrote to us and he was like, I heard you guys on the radio and we were like we're back. We're like, that's awesome, man. We're like, where? Like, where did you hear us on the radio? Like, you know, some American station or something. He's like, he's like, I was in the hardware store. They're just like playing it. They're playing it like, like if you go to the deli and you hear like, you know, whatever song. Right, right. Um, so deep. Yeah. So he's he's like, yeah, I heard Lily Wolf in the hardware store. And he's like, yeah, I was buying parts for my hot tub. Check it out. And he says, photo of him in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> cool, See, you know what I'm saying? You over here help helping people make important decisions, like which yeah. hot tub you want to get. Um, yeah, that was just, so we, we definitely we still we get less these days, but for around like 2013, 2014, it was getting mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it was cool to be like semi known, I guess, like right. overseas. But like, it's funny because we always we would joke, we'd be like, yeah, if we were this big in America, it'd be like over, we'd quit right. our jobs, we'd right. be like, go. But like, instead, it's like random fan mail from like <laughs> from Europe. Um, and for us, it was a t- it was a weird. It's weird that we fell into that style. We kind of like, I think we got into it because I really kind of like nerding out on producing, mm-hmm. and a lot of top forty pop music is like super tight production. Yeah, yeah. And so we both got really into that, and a lot of it is like. I mean, granted, it can have, like, really dumb lyrics, but a lot of it really <laughs> is, like, great songwriting. Yeah, There's yeah. a reason that music's so catchy. Right, right, so, right. You'll catch some good ones. Yeah. Word. So a lot of that really appealed to, like, I think Lily is a songwriter, because a lot of those songs have, like, actual, like, classical counterpoint. Yeah. And bass line moves and nice opposition to the vocal right, harmony and right. stuff. So we ended that up most kinda, people, like, that aren't, you know, um, you know, caught up on that kind of... Yeah. The nuances of, that go into that kind of style. Yeah. Which, it was, but for those who know, they were like, whoa. Yeah, yeah so I'll, I'll stop and be like, oh, man, the, the mallet sound in this song, <laughs> the snare drum. Oh, damn. Like, but, uh, yeah, and, and granted, like, I think actually hip-hop is probably the most interesting, like, current music genre, like, stylistically. Right. And, like, you can do the weirdest, like, stuff. Right. But as far as, like, pristine production around time, we happen to get really into doing that, like, top yeah. 40-ish dance pop stuff. Yeah for a while so that stuff licensed really well overseas it was actually funny that we were writing that kind of music and hanging out in Brooklyn and throwing like hip hop parties at Secret Loft because it didn't really fit and it wasn't what our friends were listening to either so it actually was always a little bit weird right we would, we would come up and play and like I wasn't at that time like right, I wasn't playing guitar because we didn't have guitar in a lot of the songs or synth I got like a MIDI controller and we'll like play like drum machine do like finger drumming yeah, yeah, and like do live mixes of the songs and yeah, stuff yeah. and then like yeah finally we kind of like switched more out of that and got more into kind of our current sound which is more like more indie-ish like synth pop style stuff so we get compared to like Grimes a lot who's mm, like yeah, no Grimes. or maybe Purity Ring oh, or yeah, okay. Purity Ring too yeah so we, some good associations <laughs> yeah, thank you. Or churches, we get compared to churches. Yeah, churches a lot. So we worked churches too. I, I see you. a bit more eighty sound and a bit more like less robotic production. We try to right. make it more organic feeling. Right, right, right. Um, kind of work more emotion back into it. Yeah. And we do we play around with a lot more kind of sounds we borrow from hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now we do like less 
some of the most conventional, less obvious, like weirder stuff. Right, right, right. Um, so we're like, we're actually now that we, by going there and then coming back from like trying to do produce these like airtight, perfect songs and yeah. coming back, I think we have a lot of good habits, which mm-hmm. is nice. Um, we able to put some like is there something that you that's that's out yet um, you know uh, post that revelation you know that you had is there anything that's currently out right now so we have a brand new single that we haven't released but it's like totally done which like if you want you can you can put it at the end of the yeah, podcast yeah. or I know, I do that too um, that we yeah we definitely think is like the best thing we've written like, like thus far like as a, as a group and we're like super happy with it well, I like the new stuff we're writing we're like yeah. We think we finally like found our sound, I guess, mm. of what we want to do, and it both like it feels real to us. It also sounds like what we like to listen to, right, and we think right. it's also like a lot more kind of relevant with like people we know and our friends, like what they're all listening to right, as well. So right. it'll like uh, I don't know, it'll be more appealing. It'll be like a lot more fun playing it live too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't feel. It did always feel with a really like pristine like pop production. When you play it live, where you're basically covering your own song, right? Right, right. Because the key to the song, the master of the song is the, the recorded perfect version. Yeah. And, like, you're never going to do as good a job, mm. like, or be as robotic or whatever playing Right, live. right. So, uh, yeah, because the new stuff is more organic. It's got it's got more room. Right, more like, room, more wiggle room. Around, more like, groove. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And we play with, you know, starting two years ago, we started playing with a live drummer, like, Tark. Yeah. Oh, Tark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my yeah. boy. So cool. With him, and like I switched off to doing the MIDI controller stuff uh, to just playing bass. Yeah. So I just play bass, and we like rework live versions of the songs to like make that work with the yeah. live rhythm section. Yeah. And so I think it gave us, it made it a lot more fun mm-hmm. to like play live. Yeah, I know that it's kind of making me think of like, because like I, I remember when I first came in to the game as far as like rapping and having mixtapes and songs with people who recorded songs. And I like, having studio songs was kind of like a new thing to me as far as like a solo artist mm-hmm. and I would go and try to record it on stage I'd be like these songs sound okay when I'm listening to it like in my headphones but like it isn't at least it doesn't feel fun to me to perform it live so I'm like I need to like either do, switch it up whenever I'm about to perform something live or maybe just write different yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying so I feel you there I think I mean that's one reason I think a lot of right like a, like having a DJ yeah. as like a hip hop artist Facts. is like a big thing you got someone who can mix your stuff up seriously who could do some cool cut to or, like switch over to another thing to bring it back like, especially when you get bored because like you can have like people will want to hear or will still enjoy a song that you made years ago yeah but you're not as excited about that same song now as you were when you first made it so it was like yeah. can we switch it up a little bit just so I can like ha- enjoy this <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, that you can cut to freestyle <laughs> over beat you Facts. can like you don't have to do a full song it's, right. like, it's way more like feels like a lot live mix yeah. yeah so yeah similar thing with a live band where you can actually can groove yeah stuff you can just turn to the drummer and be like time to turn it up bro. yeah yeah so turn that, up, that too we can, yeah we can show them <laughs> play like a riff right for a little bit then kick back to like whatever track yeah. you know, we were doing so now um, now let's talk about real quick about the comedy show you've been putting on how'd you get yeah. into the comedy show stuff and how's that been going for you lately so that's uh, the comedy shows have been doing really well. And I'm asking you, as a person that's knowing the answer, like yeah. it's been phenomenal. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. But yeah, you can go ahead and answer the question. Now. So we, uh, <laughs> the comedy started um, with, I guess it's now like a little over two years ago. Um, I knew this girl who was like kind of into stand-up comedy from like I think met her like early after I moved to New York, and then maybe a year later she hit me up and she's like, "Yeah, I heard you were doing like." 
or, or like she's like yeah you mentioned on facebook you're doing like house parties and shows and stuff and you have a stage like would you want to host a comedy night mm. and i was like yeah sure like we do you know so i don't yeah. know i I'd been to a comedy show then, but I did not even know how the format worked, right. or how it worked, like or anything. So, she got a uh, that was Marissa Duenas, and she got this dude Lucas Connolly, uh, who's he's like a more established comedian. He does a lot of stuff around Times Square. He's got a show that's like a monthly over in Williamsburg, uh, and the two of them started just kind of like they've been working their way up through like open mics and stuff. Yeah. And so then they just started like asking other comedians to come on the show. Nice. Um, and it was like the secret loft comedy show yeah. and we just made it a monthly and it was like the last Friday of every month mm-hmm. and then for a while it, it we got it to like sync up with our parties we throw like a rager party with Broken Wildlife yeah. the last Saturday of the month and the last Friday of the month the night before it'd be comedy so we'd only have to clean the apartment once right right to get two <laughs> two nights out of it when it's a rager ain't no one yeah. gonna act too fancy for the venue yeah anyways, and then we you know we'd get, we got a DJ we'd have free pizza to like, cause at first it was a free show, like mm-hmm. the first year and a half, and we we dropped forty bucks on fucking like Little Caesars hot and ready pizza, <laughs> and uh, you know we run a bar. That's dope. We make, Good idea. Yeah, we make some make a bit of money off the bar, yeah. a couple hundred bucks, yeah. and then uh, yeah, and, and then just have like you know go through like maybe six comedians or seven comedians or whatever, each doing like a ten minute set, um, and like Lucas and Marissa would always perform on the show and it let them kind of work their craft. Oh, definitely, like, I've, I've seen both of their sets, like, 20 times each, so I know all their jokes. Right. But, uh, but I, would, I would always laugh and pretend that they were so funny jokes. Oh, I can't believe she said that. Oh, yeah. oh you went on a date last week. Oh, it was it the month? It wasn't last year. It wasn't last year. Um, it was like, oh. um, yeah, because comedians are always like, yo, I'm on my way to the show, whatever. And you're like, no, it wasn't. You said that two years ago. You know, that way, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I got like a kind of like a six sense of humor. Like, that way, have me rolling laughing if you yeah. did that. It's calling yeah. out. Like, the, you said this a year ago. <laughs> yeah, it was so, last night, you liars. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we, we just did the show for free. And, like, the first month we did it, like, maybe like 20 people came out. And then the second, that was like October 2014. Mm-hmm. And then the second month we did it, like, three people came out <laughs> like they were like that was a sad show it was like it was november it was real fucking cold right right and right. like it was like more comedians than there were like all these members <laughs> it was just com- comedians doing comedy for each other so we like for each but, other <laughs> well until then like and at first i'd been like pretty passive on that show yeah. um it was like this be a lesson for your listeners i guess right, it was like right. don't halfway stuff mm. especially because because i was like i don't know about comedy it's their thing i'm gonna let them do it if they can promote it, then, like, cool. And if not, then it doesn't matter. Right. Then, like, you know, whatever. I care more about music anyway. Right, That's what right. I know. I know how to run a live live music show. I've been doing that for, you know, decades. Right, um, right. And, you know, but then we got... After that night, where it was, like, five people, I, I was like, this... I was like, I'm either not going to do this, or, like, I'm going to, like, get involved. Right. And so I did. So, like, we got some stuff. We started using... I started using the Secret Law Facebook page. We At first, it was, like, the Cuddle Buddies comedy show. We changed it to the Secret Law comedy show. Mm. We started really, like... Like, I got behind it. I started promoting yeah, it. Yeah. Like, um... I started... Like, they, they didn't really know how to... Right? You do outreach for a show, like, in parties, and there's mailing lists in New York, like The Skint, mm-hmm. or Nonsense NYC. Mm-hmm. Um... 
or like Gothamist or Brooklyn or whatever. And like mm-hmm. you gotta if you're doing a party or an event, you gotta yeah. like push push it on those guys. Yeah. And they won't always list you, but when they do, you get another bump, like extra twenty people, you know? That's cool. Um, so I was like, <clears throat> here's the contacts for those, we're gonna email these people, we're gonna get like flyers, we're gonna announce the lineup. Yeah. So like we started pushing it and then it started growing over time. And then by like by the time we got to like say summer of like twenty fifteen it had like a decent following we routinely get like 50 80 people mm. and then by last summer 2016 it was it would like effectively it would sell out we got so we had to start charging because mm. if we made it free we would pack the entire apartment and all the way out the door right and it was a summer and it was like fucking 100 right. degrees right. and a right. miserable in the apartment yeah. and i had these big ass fans that right. were super loud and comedians were always clown me for my giant fans so you couldn't fucking hear anything so <laughs> Yeah, so then we started being like, all right, if you get here after if you get here after nine, right, we, we, it's five bucks, right? So right, that at least right. slowed it down a bit, right? And, <laughs> and then we moved, we moved Secret Loft out of McKibben to our new undisclosed location right, where right. we were recording this podcast, right, right, right. Um, still near the, the Morgan Avenue stop on the L train, mm-hmm. and it's bigger, and so we can now hold like a. About, we, we can hold about 120 people. Really and, uh, y'all got the whiteboard, so, like, you know... Yeah, so I, I built it to spec, one. though, right? Like, huh? I was looking at places, and I saw, like, the broker took me to a bunch of spots. Right. And I saw this place, and I was like, this is perfect. Right. This got is the railing, right. the balcony. This takes me back a couple of years in Brooklyn, back when we could still yeah. do shit that, you know, in places that look, like, hidden. Yeah. It feels hidden. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it looks like, it feels like a, a really, really big living room. Yeah. Which is perfect. Thank you. Word. Yeah, so I got to build, like, I put in that ceiling fan. So we got the big ass ceiling fan to get some ventilation. Like, I built the bar to spec. Like, what are you, a carpenter? I'm an engineer. Yeah, I, I, that's basically all. Yeah, yeah. I, I built I built the sound booth, right? Like, I, I did all a ton of like noise proofing and stuff. Like, you should do like some YouTube tutorials or something. This like huge that. glass case around the stairs. I built all that. You did? Yeah. Nah, I ain't go front. You made that. That looked oh, pretty snazzy. Yeah, so that's, that's all soundproofing, oh. and that's why you can stand upstairs while something's going on down here, and like you don't really notice. That's great. Was the uh, bulletproof glass expensive? I mean, bulletproof. It uh, is soundproof glass. Expensive. It's not soundproof. It's so just. I've been uh, in the hood too long. It's plexiglass. plexiglass. It is. It is. Yeah. If you get it thick enough, it is bulletproof. Right. Yeah, it's, it's acrylic. Yeah. Uh, it was pricey. Yeah, definitely way more expensive than drywall. Mm-hmm. But it like kept. Right. If that was all like a big gray box or mm-hmm. something, yeah, it would totally like divide up the room. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't feel as airy. Right, <clears throat> and it definitely so cost would have definitely been like, nah, you definitely having a party in here. Well, no, it would it would have just looked like a room, you know. Yeah. So it would I like it would have been okay. It just wouldn't. It doesn't look, look inviting. Nice. It, yeah. would, it wouldn't look inviting yeah. if you had like so. That. So it, yeah, it cost some, but I don't know if I like hopefully we can keep this place for another couple of years. Yeah. So like you spread out the cost. Yeah. Over all that. Yeah. It's worth it. Right. Yeah. That's dope. So uh, so now the comedy show. We got a we only the first like twenty tickets are free. Mm-hmm. Then it's it's all like about half the tickets are five bucks and the rest of the tickets are ten bucks. Right, right. And it still sells out like every month. That's like a hundred forty people. And yeah, we're getting bigger name comedians mm-hmm. like coming by. You had homeboy from the Daily Show last time I was in. We had we did have Roy Wood Jr. from the Daily Show. Or the Lucas Brothers. 
who are on 21 Jump Street. We've had oh. Langston Kerman, who is on, uh, I forget the name of the HBO show, but he's on like an HBO show. Um, I forget the name of the woman. We had this woman who was on the Colbert like election night report. Oh, yeah, we we're we're working our way up, yeah, yeah. getting better and better comedians too. But we still also will book, uh, like new comedians yeah. if somebody like hits me up. Yeah. And and we had actually this guy at the show. We had a show on Friday, and this guy Khalid Rahman, um, this like black Muslim dude, yeah, who was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And like, it's not that he's like, like he's just getting established. He's yeah. been like, he's performing like Caroline's on Broadway, yeah. but he's not doing like Comedy Cellar. Right. He's not on TV. Right. But he sent me a set, and I was like, this guy's really good. Yeah. And we put him on the show, and he killed it, alongside like other established comedians. Right. So I kind of right. I like that we can do that. That's dope too. That's powerful, and that's kind of like the. Uh, I think that's something that's like uh, very. Um, important and needed, you know what I'm saying, especially on the scene out here, because things can get very classist and separated, and therefore, like, not a lot of innovation, you know what I'm saying, so I, I, like, th- I like that you do that. Or, so we do, yeah, we do have that. I've talked, I've had people, or even other comedians, who are like, you should get some heavy hitters, you should just, you should have standard for the show, or you just have TV comedians, yeah. and I was like, they're not all that funny. Right. So, <laughs> like, I get the idea, but, like, and number, like, number one, like, it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean someone's funny, it means right. they got a break. Right. Um, because there's some really genuinely like super funny people yeah. who are not on Comedy Central or right. not on TV yet. Right, right. They will be, and I want them to remember me yeah. when they are famous. Word, word. And then number two for our comedy show, it doesn't really matter because people aren't coming out to see a specific comedian necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's the vibe of the place. Mm-hmm. It's just a super fun show. Yeah. Or we got like one of the best crowds because we got you know compared to a regular comedy show in the city. Where it costs ten bucks and yeah. it's a two drink minimum, yeah. and they're ten dollar drinks. Right, we're like so much cheaper. Yeah, or, you can come here. We got the beer shot combo for six bucks. Mm. So off, of, you can get hammered off a of twenty. Facts, <laughs> and like get a free ticket as long as you you know get on it early enough on the Eventbrite. Right, and you've, you've got an evening. Yeah. And the comedian, like, we don't even have a green room. The comedians hang out in the corner. That's dope. Like they're smoking a blunt over there. Right, like, right, and right. They go on. So it's. It's got a very like punk feel that right? yeah. you're connected to it, yeah. and actually, it's become I I really like it. More and more comedians will just come to check out the show, mm. even when they're not on the show, right, which right. is like for me like a really big compliment. Yeah. That uh, that's the spot they just want to hang out. Yeah. And we same thing too. Like over time, now that we make like more money from the door, we can do more favors and be more generous right, too. Right. So like like comedians drink free when right. they're on the show. And, like, if they want plus one, it's, like, no problem yeah. and stuff because we're still doing, like, fine on the, the bottom line or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right, so, yeah. so that's been blowing up. And we started recording it just a couple months ago. Over. So we got a YouTube channel, hey. Secret Loft Comedy. Um, and, yeah, and that, that, too, just got connected through, uh, uh, man, how did I even meet that? This dude, uh, Justin, put me in touch with this guy, Jaden Chigani. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this girl Amanda Evans who are like I think they're recent like Tish grads from NYU yeah. like film school and he's really good he's, he edits and like we do a three camera shoot with like mm-hmm. camera on the audience oh. and close camera and a far camera Doing and so he edits it I run the sound we do a recording of the sound you see there's like a microphone in the corner above the vocal booth to get the audience noise to oh, get the laugh track oh. um, yeah we got the stage lights and everything 
And then, you know, we turned into a dance club after the show. People stick That's around cool. and, like, party, too. Well, I love you ever need a DJ, man. You know you my man, so I got you. Word. I just, like, spit, like, I don't know if you ever heard my shit before. I'll be killing it. Yeah. But, um... Uh, yeah. May, May 26th. Copy. All right, check my shit. Come, come on up. You're free. If you're free, you got it. You got the gig. <laughs> Copy. Um, yeah, no, and then, you, and yeah, I, I, like, sit on the board. I use, like, Spotify and play the music cues between yeah. the comedians and yeah. stuff. And that I, like... Yeah, just put on like a playlist usually. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the comedy show's been blowing up. It's huge. It sells out. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting, we're going places with that. Word, man. Because I remember like, yo, fam, I ain't going to lie. Like, it was a couple of years ago, uh, me and now, uh, you know, my now ex, we was in Times Square. You know, one of them comedians ran down on us. Barkers. You like the laugh. It's called barking. Yeah. yeah. That's oh my it. goodness. That's what so, you're going to do when you're up and coming in the comedy world. I feel you. I get it. I respect the hustle. So, like, they caught us slipping. And he's like, all right, I guess. Yeah. She really wanted to do it. I was like, listen, man. Was uh, it a good show? So we went there. And, you know, one of the, like, I think mo- like most of the comedians, or a good number of them, was, like, actually really good. So we weren't disappointed in the show. But, like, they was like, you know, um, cop ticket. Then you show up, and it's, like, these extra... Extra charges. Yeah, these extra charges nobody saw. And, like, I was kind of turned off by that. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the vibe of of being there. I kind of felt like I was duped. I'm like, yo, I ain't even... Y'all better be wild funny. You know what I'm saying? Because then I would just dislike y'all instead of hate y'all. I mean, like... (laughs) I I was saying, I wanted to go to a comedy show to see a specific lineup. Like, two months ago, my dad was in town. Yeah. um, With, like... You know, with my stepmom, we're hanging out with my brother, yeah. and we're walking. We like couldn't get in. That show was sold out, okay. and a Barker was like, "You guys want to go?" This and yeah, that. and uh, yeah, he he like gave us a deal or something. He was like, "Get three tickets, like you one free or yeah. something." We went to the show, and it was good. Yeah. And I actually saw one of the comedians was on the Secret Love show before. Oh, word! Yeah, this dude Anthony Kaffer was like that performing that night. That's dope. Like, oh, what's up, dude? That's dope. That's dope. Uh, but they had, yeah, they had a pretty good time. It was. Nah, I dig it. I ain't even gonna lie. Like, I can't even hate on the show or the quality of the show because all of that was on point. They, you know, they just did that. You but ever seen Everybody cheap. Hate Chris? Yeah. I'm at the equivalent of the of the dad in that yeah. show. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? How's it? It's not a cheap night. Yeah. Give me a break. Give me take a penny off that, and I got you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> no, it is. It's twenty bucks for the show, and you spend. You got it. It's two drink minimum. It's, right. The drinks are or yeah, like ten bucks each. Yeah. So we don't we don't do that, which is nice. But right. like I also live in the venue, so we don't have the costs, exactly. <laughs> the fixed costs of like a Carolines or like a Village Underground right, or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I'm gonna finish this one on a, on a question. Like, uh, do you have what's like a favorite or like you know loved McKibben memory? You have one of those or like a uh, McKibben like you know yeah memory or story or something like that. <laughs> Back on. Um, Everybody got some of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a ton, there's so much crazy stuff that happened in McKibben. Uh, whether uh, you, you know, whether it's a party you, best, you went to or a party you threw, probably that's the worst. The best <laughs> night that I ever had in McKibben. Yeah, I'll best night you, you ever had was uh was New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, 2014. 2014. Going into 2015. Mm-hmm. So like New Year's Eve, like two years ago, uh, and. I had like, right, because me and Chris were throwing parties together like, all the time, like every month then. Um, and I was kind of pressing Chris. I was like, let's do like a, uh, I want to do like a fancy party for New Year's. I want to like, we'll get all our friends, like, 
like it'll it'll be funny. Like we never dress up. We always wear like crazy costumes. We do right. like half naked parties. Right, right. We right. always do like swimsuit theme or booty shorts. Right. Or, like, fishnets. Yeah. Or like kink theme. Like mm. let's just do like a. Let's do like it'll be like a classy dress up, and then it'll like get weird after midnight. Right, right. And Chris was like, Chris won't he won't butt. So he he was like I, he was like I don't I don't have suit and tie. What are you talking about? And I was like, come on, man, I'll be classy. Like all you gotta do is dress nice until midnight. We'll right. like we'll get hors d'oeuvres and like and you know Chris is like he's the king of like five dollars at the door, got a mm-hmm. bottle of warm whiskey and a bottle of ginger ale, <laughs> and like. And you have a great time. And that's, that's my it. man. He's, he's, a, he's a master of it. That's and like, man. the party kills. The music is awesome. Right, and right. like, you have a great fucking time. And yeah. like, yeah. And like, nobody, <laughs> nobody spends a bunch of money. Nobody shows off. Nothing. Right. 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 Um, and I was like, I know, I know. But we like that's what we always do. Let's right. like, let's switch it up. Let's do it. We'll do it. So I got uh, my roommate Usama at the time. Uh, Usama Gondor is working at this Mediterranean or this Lebanese restaurant he's Lebanese mm-hmm. this Lebanese restaurant in East Village so he was like I got to hook up with food I'll give you everything for like like you know half price or yeah. less like yeah. I, I think I got 500 bucks worth of food for like $150 or so I was like I was like we'll get we'll get the catering we'll get we'll get classy drinks yeah. like I'll even like you know, and what, oh, and I yeah, and, and I wanted everybody to to like do Molly also like at the party because I recently like discovered it <laughs> and like was excited about that. And then Chris was like, "I'm not, I don't do any of that." Chris doesn't do pills. He doesn't. He wasn't having that. So he was, and he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to dress up or do fancy parties. So so he was like, "I was like, do your thing. I'm gonna do my thing. Yeah. And do the do the five dollar like just like go crazy and smash it at my place." Um, and I was like, well, all right, but I'm coming over, I'm coming to your party, like, right. after my party's over, right, because, right. like, you know, mine's gonna be, so, so, yeah, I did that, and I did, like, uh, yeah, I, I, like, spent a bunch of, bu- a bunch of money on, like, on nice booze, right. and, like, people, like, hit me back for it, but whatever, right, it was, right. like, you know, I just, like, threw down for that, and everybody dressed up, yeah. and, like, had a very fancy party, yeah. playing, like, fucking electro swing, it's, like, swing music, but, like, updated, or whatever, with, like, oh. kind of a more modern groove, okay, yeah, that it's what you play at, like, a, a cool, fancy party yeah. these days, yeah, oh, so, uh, yeah, we did, you know, the champagne toast at midnight, and everything, mm. and, uh, yeah, it was it was just like a sweet hang with, with like the food, the hors d'oeuvres, and everything. And then around like two a.m., I was like, "All right, let's all we, we like all you know took Molly, and then like we made we made tea out of it. We had Molly tea, yeah. and then we went to Chris's, and then like and Chris was just like slam it like it's right, you know, right. two three in the morning. There's there's like eighty people like <laughs> crazy like in that hot ass basement. It's like I remember that. It's like sweat dripping off the walls. Yeah. And we're like, I miss those days, yo. Yeah, so we, so we were also like, so we just take our shirts off, right. just get weird, yeah, right. and like, see, or I'm like dancing around like in my tie still and right. stuff, like, right. yeah. So we all, we all like get weird. We're dancing and like, what? I, I came in, oh, I came in. I, I still remember this, like Keith, like Chris's yeah. friend, right? Keith was like DJ at the time, Damn, and he was like, so, so there was some light that like it was a party light like color changing strobe light or something yeah but whoever set it up like it had moved and was just like pointing directly <laughs> in his face and he's like dj it's like 
<laughs> I log in. I log in. I'm like, what's up, dude? It's like so good to see you. I'm, you know, and I'm rolling and like super drunk and everything. Like he's like, can you turn off this fucking light? And I was like, I got you, dude. But like, but like I didn't move. I just like unplugged like the power strip the light was in. So like, not like every light, but like all but like two lights or whatever. Like, well, so it got dark and like. Yeah, it got very dark. So we, but, and like nobody, nobody said anything. We were just like, all right, yeah, we get dark now. Get dark, yeah. <laughs> so we we stay there till like five or whatever, and then I, uh, then I was, I forget why I went, but I mean, Chris was probably trying to get rid of people at that point or something. Right, right. And I was like, uh, I was like, and I'm like, I'm still rolling. And right. I'm like, I'm good to go till like ten a.m. or whatever. So I'm like, all right, we'll go back to my place. And I got a crew. I actually got like ten people right. to like come back to to my place. So like, Usama was still out with like the girl he was with, and like, that's probably and like Lily was there, and like maybe she had a date. My friend Joe was in town. Um, I was running. I had like Airbnb rooms, so like we go back and like my Airbnb guests are like just got back from the club or something. Right, and they're right, like, right. what the fuck? <laughs> We're just like going. And like we turned on and like Kana was still my next door neighbor Kana's still partying at her place oh right? Kana so like, the one where she was at Art and Shipping yeah yeah, yeah. so Kana was the best that's a big reason actually I got to get away with so much stuff in the McGibbon yeah. Lofts it's yeah. like shout out to Kana Bro. because she never complained about anything yeah. and she was my next door neighbor yeah. and so I never complained about anything mm. and she would like there was a time for like half a year she would get up at like and I think she got up at like like 9.15 and would just play trap music while she was getting ready for work <laughs> and would come like right through the wall but I got up at 9 so like I was like that's fine yeah. just like I hear it I'm like brushing my teeth and just like boom, boom. and I was like it's fucking 9.15 yeah. like, but like but yeah so we never like I kind of made a point I was like if she's never gonna complain about me like right. I gotta return the favor right. and I remember we had there were some neighbors on the other side of Kenna who were like they got they, they were like she's like fighting with your boyfriend she's playing yeah. loud music all the time she's like really she's out of control and I was like and they, and they were like we're gonna we're gonna get a petition together to complain to the landlord yeah. uh, can, can you like help us and I was like no, Kenna is the best neighbor. Mm. <laughs> I I will not support your petition. Right. Um, McKinnon solidarity. That's right what there. I said. I, I was I was like, you know, I, I feel bad that you guys don't fit in. No, we got along just great. And like the other side of me and McKibben at the time was like a big there was a big storage closet, so yeah. there's nobody I was really driving crazy on that side. Right, right. And the downstairs neighbors for the whole three years I lived there were always like French exchange students or whatever. Right. And they, like, I went down there once, and I was, like, because, like, you know, like, I think police came by or whatever, and I didn't know why. It was turning out with somebody down the hall or something. Yeah. But, uh, so I went down to ask just to be to be a friendly neighbor and be like, am I bothering you guys? And yeah. they're like, oh, oh, we thought we were bothering you. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you talking I was like, yeah, I had 100 people in my party <laughs> like live music till 2 a.m. last night. Like, no, you're not... I was like, all right. So, uh, oh, and then the guy who lived above me had a recording studio. So he, like, all week during the day would have, like, drums, like, live yeah. drums and be recording and stuff. And, yeah. like, but most of me and my, I don't know, Usama just, like, slept through it, I guess. Usama, oh, so, cool. yeah, it's my boys, yeah. man. So, like, yeah, so, so that guy, like, really couldn't complain. Right. Because when he did, I was like, hey, man, I listen to, like, 
I mean, I was at work, but, like, you were playing drums all week, like, right. making noise. I didn't say anything. Right. So, like, you know, come on, return the favor. Facts. Saturday night. Facts. Yeah. So this this new spot is not quite like that. I had a bunch <laughs> of soundproofing to, like, not bother people. Yeah. But anyway, so then back to that story where it's, like, 5 a.m. We get back, and we're still all... Like we're all on, we're hanging out, we're listening to Usama Usama like has like really great taste in music. He put yeah, he on does. some like awesome like cinematic like Nicholas Jar Yo, stuff. Nicholas Jar is the ball. Yeah. Like, most time put me on. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're hanging out and I turn turn the stage lights back back on, we're like watching the color lights and hanging <laughs> out and and chatting and like just some random girl showed up, this like this like mermaid like showed up. For this girl like dressed no, it's just oh. like stop. I have no idea where she even came from. She just showed up. She was like some stripper from Philly who was dressed like a mermaid, who was in the kitchen for New Year's, who like heard the Nicholas Jar and came in and just hung out. Uh, <laughs> heard the Nicholas Jar. Yeah, just drew them, drew her. Uh, so it was that was just such such a just some extra Bushwick shit. Though. Crazy, yeah, bizarre <laughs> night with people just coming in. Like at some point, kind of comes home from the club at like seven or eight and like comes by and it's like says hi and like yeah you couldn't have that night anywhere else i don't know right. any other place in the world yeah. where you could really like have a night without leaving home <laughs> or right i saw like 50 of my closest friends <laughs> right, and i right. went to like you know three different parties right. and like had all these like crazy people dropping and had all these right. had all these deep conversations. Right. Chilling like, with a stripper mermaid while your roommate painted her. Yeah. Nicholas, yeah. Nicholas yeah. Someone starts painting. Yeah, he started painting like it's the Nicholas Jar, like blasting it too. Just like playing it playing it super loud at six in the morning as the sun's coming up. Or Yeah. So that was that was probably the the finest, one of the finest moments. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that, man. That's long live Bushwick, man. We're yeah. Uh, well, you know what I'm saying? Thank you for rocking with me and all of that. Yeah. Feel me? Um, hope people find this, this entertaining. Nah, for real. Nah. Uh, I'm sure they will, especially the people that are familiar, you know what I'm saying? Um, or at least curious, and especially people that know you and know us. You know what I'm saying? Um, I definitely appreciate, you know what I'm saying, your part and have some dope ass memories, you know what I'm saying? Especially at parties that you've thrown. So, you know, thank you for that. You mean a lot to the culture, you know what I'm saying? Keep it up. I hope y'all enjoyed that. You know what I'm saying? And I don't I, know about y'all, but at least the people in my network, I think that it's like, it's kind of interesting to hear, like, this. we've all played parts in our lives over the years, and we've all come across each other at different points of the timeline, so sometimes it's interesting to hear what a person's story was, you know, in that, because you never know what you'll find out. Things you'll be interested, you, you'll be, it's, it could be surprising sometimes on what you learn about a person versus how you might have perceived them beforehand. But uh, I think that was a great interview. I had a good time with my boy. And uh, yeah, man, first of all, gotta give a shout out to 95 Labs. They're the ones who made the beat, the theme music listening to right now. You know, check us out, R vs. Life. You find us on Twitter, Facebook. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Pretty soon it's coming to Google Play. You know, uh, and you know, going forward, we're gonna be doing this every week. You know what I mean? You gonna rock with me? Please rock with me. Either way, man, I'm Quentin Counts, a.k.a. QC, and I holla.